Here comes the Here comes the Here comes the Y'all don't really want it like Welcome back. We are here once again, the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, here, ready to get going for week six NFL season. I feel like time is just flying by. Uh, I swear, the season just started and we're getting to uh, the make or break point. Honestly, if you're starting the season off a little bit behind, you got to get going. Get the guys in uh, the starting positions, win some some games. So, I'm joined by my usual uh, co-hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. And we are joined by a very special guest today uh, from the Fantasy Footballers. We have Mike, the Fantasy Hitman, right? Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing spectacular. I appreciate you asking. I just wanted to comment real quick. Those those fellas who are opening up the show, they are very serious that the boom is coming. Oh, I mean, they, they let me know repeatedly that here it comes. So just let me <laughs> let me know when I got to duck out of here yeah. and the boom is officially here. When does the boom happen? <laughs> the whole song is about the future boom and it never gives you the boom. So I'm I'm pretty uh, sure we are advertising. the boom. Oh, we're oh, the boom. We're, oh. oh, that's what it is, Okada. Nice. I, oh, clearly, I clearly. <laughs> we are the boom, boom and we are also the red shirts. We're uh we're glad to be Matt here. Boom Kata. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're, we're here giving you the boom every single week, twice a week, uh, doing that waiver pod on usually Monday nights. Uh, we kind of swing it around, make things work for our schedule, but we're here for week six, so let's get going. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, we got a few things to talk about in the uh, news realm here this week. I think one of the uh, biggest things, quote unquote, is that the Jaguars signed Jamal Charles. Now this this screams uh, for the unavailability of Leonard Fournette, and that is a huge disappointment if you happen to have drafted him this year. I mean, basically you've gotten nothing out of him, and uh, it's it's not looking good for his future for the rest of the season. So. What, what do you guys take? I mean, I think Yeldon here is obviously uh, king of, of what is going on with all this, but is there any chance Jamal Charles jumps in and contributes? Barring injury, for me, it is a hard and fast no. I want absolutely no part of this. Um, the reason they're, they're bringing him in is because Corey Grant went down with a Liz Frank injury, uh, which is basically the joints in the middle part of your foot. When it gets injured, super painful to try to play through. You can't really put weight on your foot. Uh, oh, so doctory. Oh, so doctory. <laughs> oh, that's just why we have, wait. Um, we have a drop <laughs> for the doctor. That's the only even. reason I'm here, and that's the only reason they let me talk. <laughs> um, but in, in addition to, like you mentioned, uh, Leonard Fournette, the hamstring injury, there's rumors now, and, and we talked about this uh, on the pod, and I predicted it. He's going to be out through the bye week. I mean, the recurring hamstring strains for sure are going to linger and not let him be himself. So for me, unless TJ Yeldon gets banged up and injured, I don't see much going on for Jamal Charles unless it's a, a few touches a game. Uh, I don't really want much of much of this situation. Yeah, I think uh, I have uh, Yeldon in a few spots, and I'm very happy about this news uh, because, you know, it just says... You're that, a monster! Yeah, I know. I, I am a monster. I'm not happy that Leonard Fournette's not going to play because, obviously, he's very good at football and he's fun to watch, uh, you know, 
pretty pretty high up there in terms of talent. So I, I really wish he could be healthy and could have played this whole season. But in terms of fantasy, we have to take advantage of these situations, Mike. Yeah, we absolutely do. And TJ Yeldon is high-end RB2, low-end RB1 at the absolute worst. He He's great. He, he is... I don't... I like Leonard Fournette, too. But having TJ Yeldon on your team, I, I found the draft pick of Leonard Fournette so baffling because TJ Yeldon is fine. He's He gets the job done. He's a much better pass catcher than Leonard Fournette is. And now you have a, you have a guy who has a three-down skill set on your team. I think your offense is actually better when you have those guys available. But for fantasy purposes, if you grab TJ Yeldon, you're you're living large. You're living like a king right now. And if you if let's if you're in dire straits right now, you're behind it. Like my man Kent was talking about at the beginning of the show, TJ Yeldon might be a cheaper way to manufacture a couple wins. You might be able to steal them away for a perceived season long value runner uh, who may but they're maybe they're on on the same tier for TJ Yeldon so that that's what we've been suggesting on the footballers it's it's hard to get Melvin Gordon away from a team and now I'm not comparing Yeldon to Gordon but I'm saying he, he's going to be on the field a ton you're talking like 50 and 50 a game I mean with with touchdown scoring ability so I love Yeldon moving forward Yep, he's getting massive amounts of touches, and uh, obviously you like having that in a starting running back. So uh, that's a good way to wrap that up. Let's move on to the next piece of news. This is kind of more of rumor mill type stuff, but apparently Philadelphia has inquired about trading for LaShawn McCoy. Uh, and now, of course, J.J. has been sent to IR. A bunch of people had swung onto the waiver wire, picked up Corey Clement and uh, uh, Smallwood. So it seems like... The Eagles are in need of a running back, and LaShawn McCoy, you know, he's on the struggling Bills. Uh, apparently, they said they want a second and a third round draft pick, which is way too much for LaShawn McCoy at this point in his career. But Oh, they said that? they Apparently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that might be ago. like the set the bar way too high price in order to get that somewhere in the middle. But that's Take what your fourth round pick and like it. Mm, exactly. Best. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing real concrete here, but... Uh, does anyone have any insight? Bets, you're you're our local Eagles fan. How do, how, do, how would you feel about getting McCoy back? I would immediately be tweeting out several gifs of the LaShawn McCoy touchdown dance where he <laughs> kind of rocks side to side and waves his hands in the air. Uh, no, man, I, I buy into it. I think it's legit, and I think it's there's a good chance it happens at some point. LaShawn McCoy loves Philadelphia. He loves the city. Um, he still comes back a, a ton to the city. Um, and it's obvious that the Bills are obviously not going to do anything this year. So, like Mike said, take your fourth round pick, like it, um, and let Shady come back back home. So, uh, if it happens, I don't know that it changes much in terms of the backfield situation. And we're going to talk about it in detail later. But um, even with Ajayi there, it was a full-blown committee. And I don't know that it changes a ton if McCoy is there. And by the way, this is one instance where we might actually be able to believe in a trade like this because the Eagles just did this with the Jai. So we know that they're interested and willing to go out and get a clearly decent, if not solid, starting running back uh, where they have a hole for one. And I mean, last year they won the Super Bowl after doing it. So Now, to be fair, Jay Ajayi was on a rookie contract. And not that Shady's overpriced when you're looking at what, like, girdly and guys are pulling in now uh but it's, it's a little bit it's it is a different situation i'm 
I'm very intrigued if Shady McCoy is to go to Philadelphia, even though he will, he'll certainly drop an opportunity where in Buffalo he is everything. I mean, oh, plus hundred yards from scrimmage this past week. I think we're we're finally getting to see Lashawn McCoy after a week one bust and then an injury. Shady's going to be fine, even if he's in Buffalo. But I think his ceiling goes way way up if he goes down to Philadelphia. Yeah, that would certainly be exciting. Um, I know a lot of people are holding out hope for McCoy, so that would be a a real big upswing. Uh, if that happens. So let's move on. Uh, we're going to talk about Donta Foreman, who's going to be aiming to return week seven, coming off the PUP list. And also Greg Olson was on track to play this week from, uh, I believe, the most recent reports. Do either of these guys uh, represent some long-term you know, upside potential here? I know I'm excited about I want, Foreman. I want to hear the doctor just destroy these fellas. Give me, give me, <laughs> give me that medical opinion on how the Achilles injury and Greg Olson are. This is they're destined to fail. Give it to me. Yeah, Kent, hit the hit the drop again. <laughs> is there a doctor? We need a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's these situations both scare the crap out of me. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, let's start with let's start with Greg Olson because I think that's probably the most straightforward situation. Obviously, he had the Jones fracture in his foot last year, totally derailed his season, and we saw him try to come back from it. Just wasn't effective. After a full offseason of, of having surgery, he was able to get back on the field. And uh, the thing that we know about these surgeries is that there is a 20% risk of re-injury, and unfortunately, it happened. Um, now, he's coming back way sooner than the bone is healed. But the difference this time around is the fact that there is a metal rod inserted into his foot and into the bone so the bone is stabilized and it's it's a matter of a weaker bone now being forced to do cutting planting twisting uh which i believe is going to linger the rest of the season so i want no part of greg olson myself but what if it's adamantium what if the panthers found some vibranium and they put that in his foot yeah, nice, uh, nice Black Panther reference there for the listeners out there who haven't seen it. Go see that movie; it is so good. Uh, if that's the case, he's good to go, man. T- tight end one. Poof. Yeah, love b- it. <laughs> By the way, even if he does come back and looks decently healthy, just to point this out, he has had more than thirty-three receiving yards in one game since the year twenty sixteen. So, it, uh, it's possible Yuck. that Olsen's just kind of. A uh, career down, 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 and gone, and maybe he should just be in the booth. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with my man Boomkata over here. Greg Olson, he's he's worth the stash if someone dropped him onto your waiver wire because if you don't have Ertz, Kelsey Gronk, yeah, then you're just grasping at straws at the tight end position. And and Greg Olson, we've at least seen him come through with some really big seasons. What three straight years at a thousand yards? Like the only tight end who's ever done that, so it's it it exists, but it might just be theoretical now for Greg Olson. Yeah. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. Oh, I'm sorry, I cut you <laughs> off. I had to give you the other doctor, doctor drops. Drop. We got uh, we got some more uh, injury information to talk about here, so I thought I thought Wait, I'd Ken, give us a bump. Before we move on, can we touch yeah. on uh, Doctor Foreman quick? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. No time. Moving on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, the Achilles is weak. Do not pick him up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we we do know that performance for running backs specifically, running backs and linebackers are the two positions. We're coming off, off an Achilles injury. 
their performance is affected. It's well documented in a lot of research. Um, and the reason that I believe that that is the case is because of the fact that those positions have to plant, change direction, and accelerate very quickly, which puts a ton of stress on the tendon. Um, he's almost a year out from surgery at this point, which is right around the timeline that you would expect an athlete to come back. So he's right on track. The bad news is there's a, a risk for re-injury for sure. But at the same time, when you think about players that these studies look at, they're all a lot older and they're all 28, 29, 30 years old. So Foreman is in his second year. He does have that in his advantage. I don't know specifically if that changes his outcome a ton. Uh, but for me, and I've been saying this all uh, off season, uh, I'm hands off on his situation for sure. I got a question for you. Yes. Uh, what about it when you're Achilles, when, when you are healing? Because I'm, I don't disagree with anything you just said. That that's all. All research I've done on athletes in football returning, especially running backs from the Achilles injury, it's it's rough. Is it is it overly painful? I mean, why can't they change direction rapidly anymore? What is what is missing? So the when the surgery is done for the tendon, um, basically the athlete or the patient has to go through a very long time in a protective boot. And you can't really move your ankle a ton until the tendon is healed in a state that is well enough and strong enough to then go ahead and move the ankle. So when you start to regain the strength and the mobility of the ankle and the tendon, it heals in a lengthened position when it actually does get moved again. And that lengthened state of the tendon doesn't allow the muscle of your calf to produce, produce the force that it needs to when you do those quick twitch movements. So that's kind of the real reason that the power is reduced in the ankle. And so they lose, they, they just, they lose burst then, Basically, right? yeah. Yep. Awesome. That's good. That's hot doctor information. Yeah, there will be an anatomy quiz on Friday. So everyone, <laughs> I hope you wrote down notes, but... Uh, <laughs> Study up. Yeah, there's this some more uh, uh, news information here we could talk about. Uh, we did briefly bring up that Jay Ajayi has been placed on IR. Um, so I think we can kind of move past that here. Uh, also, Leonard Fournette is already ruled out for week six, just in case you thought there was any chance of him playing. There is not. Uh, one thing that popped up today that I thought was kind of interesting was that Devonta Freeman has been reportedly dealing with a bone contusion. And uh, personally, I have no idea what the ramifications are of that. So, Betts, I don't know. Did you hear this? One and two, what does this mean for his, from a health standpoint, what does this mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely heard the news, but it doesn't really provide much clarity for us. Um, there are a ton of bones in your foot, and to be honest, which one is affected will make a difference in terms of how this affects his play and his performance. Um, you know, it's it's definitely concerning in the fact that he just got back on the field and now he's, he's banged up again. So um, it's a situation where... For me, until I know more details about it, I'm not going to speak to to much of the details. But um, just from what we've seen from for, uh, from Freeman this year, I personally want to use his name value and try to get out from this situation if I am a Freeman owner, uh, given how the season has gone this far. Makes sense. Uh, and then also we had a report that Matt Breida uh, was dealing with a, what, what was it, mid to high ankle sprain was the original report. This now <laughs> says high. It's, it's yeah. low mid to, to mid to high. <laughs> it's somewhere Which, in there. Uh, which I said on the waiver pod, that's not a real thing. Um, that is not a medical <laughs> diagnosis. <laughs> that's so, like me diagnosing. <laughs> say, Mike, what's wrong? Well, my ankle, the low, the middle, the mid to high part, I don't know. As it's soon sprained. as I graduated from PT school, 
actually not even as soon during PT school, a lot of my friends and like family, they would literally just send me a picture of their foot or their arm and just point with their finger and be like, it hurts here. What is this? I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, I can't tell through a picture. Uh, but for for Matt Breda, it's she just it's always tell them just so. Oh, holy crap! You need to go to the <laughs> ER immediately. That's what I would tell every single friend. I have done that a couple times, and they're like, Are you "Serious? Like, how bad is it?" There's, and then after the fact, I wait like twenty minutes, and I just text, "Are you on the way to the ER?" <laughs> Sometimes it's a yes, and sometimes it's no, I hate you. Um, but getting back to Matt Brady here, it's a high ankle sprain. Uh, if they're saying it's mid to high, it's a high ankle sprain. Uh, he's going to be out for multiple weeks, and at least this week for sure. Um, they've already been kind of coy with saying he might play. It's hopeful. It, he's not going to play. Um, so it's going to be out for Morris there this week to start for the Niners. All right, well, let's talk about a couple of quick-hitting news items. I don't think these are super important but just something to be aware of and then we'll move on to the the over under segment so up first Austin Sverian Jenkins has been placed on injured reserve uh he kind of was slotted early as like a sleeper tight end and didn't really pan out too much had one touchdown uh didn't do too much there but uh Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup were both in the concussion protocol. Uh, have either of them cleared yet? I actually haven't seen nah, yet. It's, it's way too early for them to clear, but all signs are trending well. Okay. They were uh, hanging out, doing the walkthrough type of stuff. So it, it, it looks like they'll both play. All right, awesome. Well, let's move on and talk about T.Y. Hilton. He was limited with a hamstring injury. We're talking about these hamstrings and how they are – uh, ruining uh, the seasons for some of these guys like Fournette and Dalvin Cook, so that is not promising. They're ruining we'll, the NFL. They're ruining it, yes. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on Hilton and his practicing this week, and uh, hopefully he gets out there and plays. And then uh, it looks like Evan Ingram is already ruled out for Thursday night football, so if you were planning on starting him, I would suggest not doing that. And that's that's my solid fantasy advice on that that's one. That's great analysis, Ken. Yes, Thank you. Brilliant. You're welcome. It, I assume that Evan Ingram will be back. If there was any chance that he could make it for the short week Thursday night game, this this is great. So if Evan Ingram is available, he is one of the guys that I will actually – I'll hold two tight ends if if it's Evan Ingram and I'm waiting for him to come back because I'm, I'm fairly confident he will be back next week. Awesome. Yeah, I would agree with that too. I mean, the fact that he's out there this early from his MCL sprain is a good sign. He is still wearing the brace though, uh, with all these activities that he's. he's it's because it's cool, man. It looks, looks good. Cool. <laughs> um, which which tells me they're still protecting it a little bit. That's um, not, not a bad or, or you know a good or bad thing. It's just the fact that that's where he is in his rehab. So yeah, the fact that he was this close to playing definitely would expect him to be out there next week. I bet you twenty bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. All right, we're going to move on to the over-under segment. And now I will explain this really quickly for Mike since uh, uh, this is something that we've been doing all season and it would be Because nice I to don't understand the concept of over-under? <laughs> well, no, no, just the, how we've been doing it season-wide. Uh, we're using the Yahoo half point. I'm going to give you a number. <laughs> you got to tell me under. if he's going over or you'd, under. You'd think it was that easy, but we've already had a push this season. So apparently um, you can get it wrong. So... But anyway, for this week, uh, let's do a little recap of last week, actually. We talked about Russell Wilson, Alvin Kamara, Tyreek Hill, Gronk, and then Julio or Antonio Brown in the quote-unquote flex position. Uh, 
Last week was a little bit rough for Okada and Betts. They both. Oh, Boomkata. What happened? The uh, boom is not so strong. Betts had two. He got Gronk and Julio. Baby boom. Excuse me. And uh, Antonio Brown correct. And Okada got the under on Kamara correct. And that was his only one. So two and one for them. I had four. It was a solid week for Kent. Wow. Uh, the only one I missed was Tyreek Hill. Cool, we dude. all had the over on the 13.2, and he was at Did 10. Did you just Deion Sanders? Seven. What's that? You just referred to yourself in the third name. I probably <laughs> did. I don't know. It third just kind of happens in a blur. I um, love that you made Deion Sanders a verb. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, that brings up the season total through five weeks. Uh, 11 for Okada and Betts and 14 for myself. So we are moving on to week number six in the over-under segment. And I will record Mike's answers here and uh, we'll uh, we'll give you the scorecard next week. So... Excellent. Up, up first and then the uh, we'll we'll probably have to multiply whatever he gets by sixteen, and yeah, uh, if he you wins, go. you know, we'll give him a prize of some kind. If he if he gets all five right and just gets a perfect score on the year, that's gonna be uh, pretty bad for us. So, um, but by by the Prepare way, Okada, to be disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> Okada, you chose the names this week. Was there any kind of theme for these, or were these just uh, ones that caught your eye? Not at all. No theme at all. Oh, this is the, the Boom okay. Kata theme. That's the theme. This is Boom Boom Kata. That's so, disappointing, Boom Kata. <laughs> all right, up first in the quarterback slot, we're looking at Jameis Winston. Uh, sliding back into that starter role now for the second week. Hopefully he can bring it back. He's projected for 18.5 points this week. Uh, do we imagine that he will be over or under? Let's start with Okada. I I'm need gonna, scoring format. Uh, this four will be, point. Passing yeah, touchdowns. four point. Okay, yep, yeah, thank four. you. And six half point, point PPR when we get to those. Correct. Okay, and and six point for rushing. Yes. Yes. For yeah, for everyone. Uh, okay. Thank you. Uh, for Jameis, I'm going to go over by about twelve miles. I might even take double this uh, over rather than going under. Uh, first of all, he's playing the worst defense right now in football, at least at allowing points, yards, everything, pretty much. So. I'm all about that. And then I've been about Jameis Winston from pretty much the offseason. Uh, if you guys remember, he's got incredible weapons. He can chuck it. Uh, and really his only weakness is interceptions uh, or turnovers. And I don't honestly see much of that happening with the talentlessness on this defense. And to be fair to them, it's a lot to do with injury. But for this week, they're still injured. So give me the over by a lot. All right, let's move on to Mike. Over. Big old this one, over. I thought this game was supposed to be hard. Yeah. I, well, it, you know what? You can blame Okada for this one. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Betts, do you yeah, want to go it, over or it's, under? It's over, man. This this matchup is so juicy. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. Winston is just – he's a, he's a must-start, must-stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these guys said everything that I would say, so I'm also going to take the over. I, I'm going to take the over as, as well. Uh, we should allow being able to say they'll get double and then you get double points for that, but uh, that might <laughs> Ooh, need like to be a, amended to the rules for next week or something. But let's move on to the running back position. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, he is projected for 11 points on the nose. Uh, do we imagine that that is accurate or will he be over or under that? Let's, uh, let's start with uh, Okada. Uh, I'm going to take the over here. The Seahawks currently are allowing the fourth most rushing yards per game and also the third most yards before contact uh, per carry. And if you combine the third most yards before contact with Marshawn Lynch, 
who I think is the third most yards after contact, you get a lot of yards. That's that's my math for the day. So I, I'm going to take the over here, and I think he also probably gets a touchdown in a sort of enjoyable little revenge game here, if there is such a thing. Oh, the revenge game narrative. I knew it was coming. <laughs> you got him, man. That's your job. <laughs> All right, uh, Betts, what do you think? Yeah, I, I like Marshawn in this game. Uh, they're at home, and I like the fact that um, when he gets the ball, he's been looking great this year. Uh, and, Mike, I'll let you speak to this, too, because I know that you were high on him going into the season. Uh, I like him this week. I think that he finds the end zone, so I'm going to go ahead and take the over on the 11 points. Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, – I'll take the over as well. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to be contrary. I'm going to be contrary. I mean, well, and just and and uh, uh you I mean they're kind of at home except like thousands of miles away from home. Hmm. Just 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 so oh, you guys are aware is this, this is a London game, in, game. Uh London? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they are not at home. Maybe um, maybe as their home house away from in home. London or something like that. You can blame home away Okada from home. for putting on the sheet versus which True. I assumed men at home. True. <laughs> well, here's where this one was tricky because they're actually playing it at the normal game time where usually I have to set my freaking alarm clock to wake up at 6 in the morning so I can watch football. Uh, but this one is at regular time where the other games will be early. That's what it was for sure. All right, and then I'll, I'll close out Lynch here. I'm actually going to go under. I think that, you know, he, he does have a good opportunity to get a touchdown here, but he's all, all except for uh, week four, he's been kind of relying on the touchdown to get over that 11-point mark. So I'm going to take the under uh, and kind of be a little contrarian here. So let's move on to the wide receiver position. We're talking about Corey Davis playing at home against the Ravens. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> are are all the games actually, in London this week? It, it's possible. No, guys, this one's actually on the moon. I hate to break mm. it to you. <laughs> well, that's good for the passing game because the ball will just fly, right? Hey, it's actually it's very hard to complete a pass in, <laughs> in zero gravity. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let, let's start with Mike on this one. Uh, he's, he's projected at 9.4 points. Uh, what do you think? Over or under? I'm going to take the under. Uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Jimmy Smith experiment experience whatever you want to call it marcus mariota looks like a sub-average quarterback he looks like a quarterback that will not be playing in the nfl for much longer unless he can rapidly improve and it sucks for Corey davis it sucks for derrick henry it sucks for taewon taylor it sucks for everyone on that team because the quarterback is the engine he is the fuel for the offense of course and I do not want to play Corey Davis this week. All right, bets. Yeah, I said this on the waiver pod on Monday. I'm out on Marcus Mariota moving forward. So uh, I want no no pass catchers from him. I'm also going to go under. Okada? Uh, first of all, I'd like to point out that I've realized the theme of this over-under segment, which is that it's very easy. Um <laughs> <laughs> I am also taking the under. Uh, Mike mentioned Jimmy Smith, uh, the cornerback who just came back. Their other cornerback, Marlon Humphrey, has also been extremely, extremely good. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, this this whole defense is great. I'm actually going to talk about this and more a little bit later in the show, but I'm going to take the under on Corey Davis. The uh, Ravens are going to steamroll the Titans in this game, in my opinion. So I have to take the under. I think that 
you know, the game script might be there, but it's uh, it's not worth going against that defense. So, yeah, we're all going under on Corey Davis this week. In the tight end position, though, we are talking about a one Eric Ebron. He had quite quite the game last week, didn't he? That was uh, pretty incredible. But Decent. for this week, for this week, he's playing against the New York Jets in New York. He is uh, projected for eight point one points, and again, this is half point. Ooh reception so we'll start with mike again on this one do you want to go over or under 8.1 oh 8.1 is a really good line huh it all comes down to the touchdown for eric ebron and i think he's got a good chance at one ty hilton once again out jack doyle once again out he has the show to himself oh he's he's risky business always but i'll take the over all right, uh, Okada. Yeah, I I'm not even sure how much risky business Ebron is anymore. At least until Doyle gets back, and possibly even then. I liked him coming into the season. And I think he might have won this job uh, while Doyle's been gone. And they can also both have production and value. Uh, they play slightly different roles. So I'm taking the over on Ebron. Probably whatever the line is from where we get it until Doyle comes back, and maybe even beyond then. So I'll take it again in this game. Yeah, these guys hit the nail on the head. Um, this is boring, but I'm also going uh, over. I think that the Indianapolis Colts read my article for the fantasy footballers about whether or not Andrew Luck is really back. They said, you idiot, I'm going to have him throw the ball 50 times a game. So the volume is there 100%. Uh, and without T.Y. Hilton, there's a ton of opportunity. So, yeah, I like the over. I think all your analogies need to be more medical related no carpenter references it needs to be like he hit the he hit the nose with the gas mask or he hit the flesh with the scalpel i mean i'm just i'm just trying to help you out just spitballing here so you you can uh think about this and then get back to me right, i'll let you know all right and then the other theme of this week is that we are all matching i am gonna say over on ebron as well he's had double digit targets the last three weeks yeah it, smash play every single week i don't know uh who you'd sit him for uh, unless you for some reason have Ertz or gronk or kelsey on the bench behind him which makes no sense so you wouldn't let's move on to our flex position uh we are going to be choosing one of two guys and since there's uh you know jj has been sent to the ir our flex choices this week are Corey clement or wendell smallwood so pick oh. one of the two to start this week Let's start that's with diabolical. O uh, yeah, that's fun. Let's start with Okada on this one. Ah, uh, this is gonna be almost a complete guess, but I'm gonna say Clement. And the reason I'm gonna say Clement is because until we see a couple games with these two guys and really know what to expect, I'm gonna kind of lean towards Clement being the guy that I'll prefer when they're favored, and Smallwood being the guy that I'll prefer when they're not. And in this game, they are favored. So I'm going to take Clement by a hair. Maybe a couple hairs. <laughs> that's, a, nice. that's an official unit of measurement. So, yes. um, Mike, <laughs> what's, hairs. Your, what's your choice here? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Corey Clement. The, um, we have one proof of concept for this scenario where it was Clement and Smallwood. And, and that was it because Ajayi was out and Darren Sproles was out in that contest. 
Clement carried the ball 16 games to Wendell Smallwood's 10. Now, Smallwood was the better runner. They had the exact same rushing yardage, and Smallwood got the touchdown. Uh, but it's I'm going to go with the volume of Corey Clement. This this one's really, really tough. I agree. It's a You're close to guessing. All right, Eagle fan, tell us how it is. Yeah, uh, this is this is super difficult. Literally, my analysis for this, and you guys are all going to hear why I don't want to do. I want anything to do with this backfield this week in a minute. Uh, but my analysis for this is the other guys picked Clement, so I would like Wendell Smallwood because I need to gain a point on Okada. Uh, I'm changing to Smallwood. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's the strategery that needed to come up eventually uh, for people to start gaining ground. And uh, I never actually said it, but I am also going Clement here as well. I think he is the better shot at uh, producing given the opportunity uh, presenting itself between this, the two. So I am going with Corey Clement. And with that, we're going to move on to a special game from Okada. Thank you, Kent. Uh, so I have labeled this time Okada's Happy Fun Quiz Time. Because we're just going to ask some uh, some interesting questions that you guys might know the answers to, but if you don't, you will learn something interesting. The music oh, is keep still going. going. Oh, well, I hit the button oh, right as you said oh, that. Oh, there it so. is. Okay. <laughs> yep. All right. So here's question number one. Oh, if you know the answer or if you have a guess, just shout it out. And if you get it right, I will clap for you. Okay. So what duo from the same team somewhere in the league currently leads... In rushing yards by a duo. Ooh. Rushing yards by a duo. Isaiah Crowell and Blau Pau. Oh, Mr. Yeah. Matthew oh Betts God. coming Let's in go. hot. Wow. With the truth. That is the exact right answer. They have 654 combined rushing yards. The next highest guys are Zeke and Dak Prescott, and then Brita <laughs> and Morris. Well, what happens if what happens if Crowell does not play last week? Oh, they is drop he, way down. Yeah, they yeah. Prob- they're probably not even in the top five. I mean, our sample is is so small that one game changes everything. Yep, yep. But I thought it was interesting. That no, it's fun. It's fun. League. All right. Question number two. Betts is winning. Three pass catching duos have combined for a league high seven touchdowns. This is a du- another duo. We're doing a duo segment here. Three. Duos with seven combined touchdowns receiving. A, B, and Juju are one of them. Name one of the other two. Uh, I'm going to go... Rams receivers. Yeah, the Rams, Cooper Cup, and someone else. No. Ooh, they have, really? They have six, ah. not seven. Doesn't, does Cooper Cup have five touchdowns? Cooper Cup has five, Cooks has one. And so Dunn does... Hopkins and Will Fuller. No. What? Oh. Oh, who else is? Oh, uh, uh, Buccaneers. No. Oh, what? Can I add them all together? Wait, no. It's a duo. I got a duo. Calvin Ridley and Mohamed Sanu. Nope. No. Nope. All right. You, okay. I'll have one more of you have one more guess, and then I'm telling you the two. Oh man. It's receiving I'm touchdowns, stopped. right? Yes, receiving touchdowns only. Hold on, hold on. I'm thinking. No cheating, Mr. Wright. I'm not no, we're no we're not cheating. <laughs> this is definitely not my keyboard typing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I mean it, I'm 
I want to say Packers, but they're not coming through. Devontae Adams has just a handful of them. Man, all right, I'm, I'm oh, blanking. Oh, uh, uh, Bengals. Yes. Oh, yes. Bengals, Mike yes, Wright. AJ Green and Boyd, right? Mike Wright comes in with a – yes, Mike Wright is correct. It is AJ Green and Tyler Boyd with seven. Uh-huh. The breakdown is five and two for both of those guys. And then the third duo is also five and two. And this is why I put the question here, because it's Eric Ebron and T.Y. Hilton. And I wow, thought that that's was sneaky. Fascinating. Ooh. All right, <clears throat> last question. Kent, you need to do yourself oh, some justice here. Oh, uh, pressure's on. So far, only one running back in the entire NFL has more than 400 scrimmage yards on fewer than 50 touches. He also has three touchdowns. Who Austin is Eckler? It? Yes, it is Austin oh. Eckler. Kent coming in strong. Everybody All got right. a point. It's a tie, and I don't Three-way have a tiebreaker tie. because <laughs> I suck at this. We, uh, we poorly <laughs> plan tiebreakers when it comes to games on this we show. We never it's do. A, it's a recurring issue, but no, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> also, bonus fact, uh, only one player has more than 200 scrimmage yards uh, and multiple touchdowns with less than 40 touches, and it's Wendell oh, Smallwood. Nick- oh, I was going to say, is that Nick Chubb? It is not. <laughs> he is not quite top 200, but Smallwood has 246 yards, which is the most on less than 40 touches with multiple touchdowns. Mm. So, wow, big facts. Thank you all for playing. That was a fun game. Thank you, Matt Okada, uh, for uh, getting that ready for us. With that, uh, let's let's go ahead and move on to our starts of the week. Drivers, start your engines! All right, we're each going to give you one name here of guys we want to start this week every possible chance we get. We'll go ahead and give the honors over to our honorary guest, Mr. Mike Wright. Do you have a start of the week prepared for us today? Well, first off, little known fact, I don't know if you know this, but human beings don't have engines. Mm. Like your uh, like your drop there uh, would allude to. Bets, can mm. you confirm that for us? Yeah, for what's the doctor? Give me a give me a report. Well, we all have a heart. And that helps you live. So I will say that is false, Mike, right? We oh, the doctor has oh. spoken. <laughs> Get bodied. <laughs> I am ashamed. I am ashamed. And and my uh, my start of the week, it's already been talked about a little bit, but it's Jameis Winston. I mean, a quarterback, not not out of nowhere, but you know what I mean. Like a quarterback who uh, you could have just grabbed right off the waiver wire you plug him in, it will not shock me in the least if Jameis Winston ends up as a top five guy. You take a look at what he did this past year. As soon as he came back from the shoulder injury, he was a absolute yardage monster, throwing for a 5,000-yard pace in that second half of the season. I really hope he can start connecting with Deshaun Jackson because uh, that will change everything for Jameis Winston. They, they, the two just were not in sync. This past year, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of warmed up the connection between the two, and we'll get that going. So I, I love Jameis Winston. He's a he is a a must start for a lot of guys. I'm talking. I'll play him over Jared Goff. I will play him over Andrew Luck. I will play him over Andy Dalton, over Philip Rivers. I love Jameis this week. Yeah, I'm 100 percent on board with that start of the week. Uh, Honestly, I think I would play him over everyone but the Sunday night football quarterbacks, Brady and Mahomes. I think I think I'd have Winston as my number three. 
Wow. I'll, I'll still play Rodgers over him. I'm not going to get that That's nuts, fair. But, That's very fair. But I see what you mean. Yeah, in a, in a league where I like to make dicier decisions because it's more fun, I play with some of my Marine buddies. I, I dropped Ben Roethlisberger and picked up Jameis Winston. How do you feel about Ooh. that? Ooh. Spicy. I, yeah, I for, for this week, I like it very much. Yeah, next week, Ben's on bye, so I kind of figured I wasn't going to be rostering I like it him. for next week, too. I, I wasn't going to be <laughs> rostering Ben next week because uh, it's a short bench, so I decided to just roll with Winston uh, for a couple weeks here and see how it goes. Let's move on over to Bets. Tell me your start of the week. Uh, it, it makes a lot of sense following Mike's here. Yeah, everything that Mike said, I'm just going to add on to it here. His start of the week is going to be tossing the ball to my start of the week in the end zone for a touchdown, and that is Cameron Brait. Oh! And for the Buccaneers. Uh, listen, 2016, tight end seven. 2017, tight end nine. We know that he's got the connection with Jameis Winston. It's well documented that... When he plays with Winston, he is a much better producer than without him. And last week, or, or two weeks ago, I should say, we, we saw that. It happened where um, he came in, Winston did, when Fitzpatrick was pulled out. And what do you know, Cameron Brate find the end zone. So I love Cameron Brate this week. Uh, he's virtually a must-start for me. And actually, in our Fantasy Footballers Writers League, I'm going to flex him um, and not just play him as my tight end because I have Kelsey. So I am all in on Cameron Brate this week to find the end zone you you forgot the the most important part i mean is his compadre oj howard yep. will not be playing and i'm actually with you in my league of record with the ballers it, it looks like i'm going to be flexing camera Brait as well and more a product of a lot of bye weeks on my bench but that's that's how much i like camera Brait as well i'm with you that's yeah, it uh, could end up being a, a two-week start as well with like you mentioned right. with oj howard so Still no guarantees that he's back next week, so this could be a, a huge pickup if you got him on waivers. It's fascinating that you guys are both flexing him because I have to choose in my league of record, I, I just picked up Brate to flex him or Josh yes. Gordon. Everyone flex. Well, I'm act- well, I'm playing Gordon. I'm, I'm playing Gordon in that league. How crazy is Ooh. this? <laughs> Let's all play Cameron Brate together. I uh, I picked him up too, and I'm I'm not flexing him, but I'm starting him. So uh, I'm with you. I'm with you at least. But you know, it, how do you think the outlook is beyond? I know we're talking about starts of the week, but you know, when OJ Howard is back and playing, do you think Winston leans back into Cameron Brate like he did in past, or do you think OJ Howard steps up and uh, takes the reins? Are you asking me? Yeah, yeah. You sees your start of the week. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll give you my my thoughts. <laughs> Uh, I definitely think it's in the realm of possibility. Uh, I think that last year when we saw Brait do what he did, O.J. Howard was primarily used as a blocking tight end, uh, but his routes run this year are way up, um, and he's flashed a ton of talent, which is why they took him in the first round in the real NFL draft. So uh, I'm not really sure to answer your question. I think that the chemistry between Winston and Brait could outweigh Howard, and, and we see this sometimes when guys come back from injury, NFL teams and uh, schemes don't care. I mean, they're, they're going to do what they need to do to win. So if the connection's there, yeah, it's definitely a scenario that could play out for sure. I lean that it will eventually go back to O.J. Howard. But for the next two weeks, I'm very excited for Cameron Bray. He, his production was almost exclusively first half last year, and then things started to flip for when O.J. Howard started breaking all those big touchdowns. of, And then, of course, Howard – 
got sent to the IR, but even then the the magic was not regathered. So this is just a couple week thing for me and Cameron. Awesome. Okay, let's swing over to Okada. Tell me your start of the week. All righty. So I am going to take Mr. Chris Carson of the Seattle Seahawks as my start of the week. And uh, he's he's kind of a guy you probably didn't get off waivers, but you probably got him really late in drafts because of Rashad Penny and what we all expected from him that we are clearly not seeing. Uh, what we are seeing is the Seattle Seahawks return to the Marshawn Lynch days, apparently. Uh, they now have three straight games with a 100-yard rusher after going some 22 without one. Two of those games were by Chris Carson. The other one he was sitting uh, with a hip injury, which clearly he's back from now. So I see no reason not to, maybe not project, but hope strongly for another 100-yard game from him. Uh, he has 51 combined rushing attempts over his past two games. He's averaging 4.6 yards per carry on the season, so he's doing well with the work he gets as well. And then the Raiders are allowing the fifth most rushing yards per game. They're allowing 4.9 yards per carry, and they've allowed six rushing touchdowns in five games. And Seattle is favored in what should be a reasonably close game. So all of those things combined have me starting personally Chris Carson uh, in a league where I have Mark Ingram on by. Uh, but I would start him as easily as an RB2 just about everywhere. I love it. He's actually, you're getting a little snake preview, fellas. Uh, he's my start of the week at the running back position over on the footballers. I'll be talking about him tomorrow. So I, I love it. I'm I mean so bullish on the Seattle run game this weekend with the uh the London matchup against the Raiders that I think Mike Davis is fine as a running back three flex player as well. But I do I love me some Carson this week. Awesome. All right. And then uh to kind of close up the starts of the week here, I'll give you mine. I'm gonna be rolling out Kenny Stills this week, and this might seem What? Yeah, my yeah, boy. oh yeah, because he's going to get to you the can Bears. Pick any boy. player in the NFL yep. and you weren't going with Kenny Stills. Hey, guess who I picked last week? Muhammad Sanu. And that this worked out. True. Yeah, because that made sense. Beautiful. <laughs> this Beautiful. Makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, it made it made no sense. But um the fact of the matter is that the wide receivers on the Dolphins move around. Like he doesn't play all the way on the right side, or excuse me, all the time on the right side. And uh Tolliver, the cornerback for the Bears, has actually been somewhat exploitable so far this year. So in situations when Stills is gonna be lining up against him, uh, I guarantee you that Tannehill is gonna be looking his way and trying to move the ball down the field. Now this this Bears defense is very scary. scary. The big scary Bears, but yeah. Oh, they're so scary. Oh, they're so scary. But um, this game script I think is going to be in the favor of the Dolphins. You know, they start off this this year three and zero, and they looked really good. Tannehill mm. looked good, but uh, the last couple of games have been not as great. I think Tannehill's going to try and use this as a get right game. I know that it seems like against the paper, Bears. Against the Bears, yes. I think that the game script is like in the direction of Ryan Tannehill's <laughs> death. Yeah, what it, are he you? Might, you he's going to die crazy, as he's throwing the ball. Over the last three weeks, uh, Kenny Stills is eighth in air yards, and even though that hasn't shown up on the stat sheet, all it takes is one or two big shots, which they will take, and then Kenny Stills all of a sudden has an amazing starting game, and now. Uh, I, I think it's something worth taking a shot on because people are going to be deciding between some weird stuff with uh, uh, the Lions are on by, so your wide receivers there are all off the grid. Uh, it, people got to make choices like this, and I think sure. if you have stills on the bench, 
it's it's worth taking a shot on him this week. Uh, those air yards are very predictive. Uh, it's good seeing him get that volume uh, each and every week. He's the long shot guy on his team, and uh, I think that's going to be one of the ways, one of the only ways, the Dolphins have a chance at beating the Bears defense. It's risky. It's, I trust it, me. I know. No, no, no. I, I'm with you. If, if if Chicago can be beat at all, it's it's by the deep ball. It's just uh, like Larry Tunsil. It sounds like he's going to be out for the Dolphins. I mean, uh, Ryan Tannehill's. He, he he. I hope he has a taste for grass because <laughs> he's going to be eating a ton of it. Uh, <laughs> I I don't doubt that. I will for say a one thing, and uh, you all know how much I love Stills. I don't know about this week. I'll leave that to Kent and his start of the week. But from a strategery standpoint, <laughs> talking strategery, what we've seen this season is you need to go for upside wherever you can. So almost exclusively in my flex, I'm targeting upside because there's just so many points being scored, uh, so much offense. And Kent, that's Kenny Stills. So if it's between like him and Danny Amendola, I don't Stills is probably guaranteed better than that. But just those type of players... I'm I'm gonna go for a guy like Stills, so I don't mind it from that standpoint. Okada, are you are you referencing like just in general that the fact that NFL scoring is up so much this yes. year? Is that what you mean? Yeah, gotcha. Yes, okay. and I think that, that I think that, that has affected fantasy as well. So uh, you need more points to win. But, uh, big time. I, I assume you guys have seen this in in our main league it, last year it was if you scored hundred and ten, hundred and twenty points, you win for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, like it's a locked in victory. M- meanwhile, this year, if you're not hitting the 130s, there's a decent chance you're gonna lose. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's it's fun. I mean, it's it's a ton of fun for the game, but yeah, it's kind of getting out of control. I I did forget to mention that they uh they're playing back at home. They took a couple games on the road, and the two of their three wins so far this year for the Dolphins have been at home. So I just want to throw that out there too. But yep. Uh, that's all I got for you on that one. Let's go over to our sits of the week. Why do you do this to me? I'm benching you, Lewis. I don't want to hear word out of you. Sit down. All right, we're going to sit some guys down. I'm sure one of you three will tell me to sit Kenny Stills, but I'm not going to. Uh, but instead, <laughs> let's start with Okada on this set. Uh, tell me about your sit or possibly sits of the week. Yep. Uh, if you know me by this point, you know that I take these segments uh, as a great opportunity to cheat. So here we go. I'm cheating again, and I'm taking an entire team again, and it is the Tennessee Titans. I am not starting a single player from the Tennessee Titans anywhere. Uh, we mentioned one already, that being Corey Davis and the cornerbacks he's facing. I don't want any part of that, and we talked about taking the under on him, uh, and We also talked about Mariota and what we expect from him against this defense, and that's not good either. Meanwhile, uh, the Ravens' defense is allowing the fewest points per game, the third fewest yards. They're top five against both the pass and the rush. This game has an over-under of 41.5. I am going to take the way, way under on that one. I could, uh, and Betts, Betts mentioned that, or I think it was Kent mentioned that the Ravens will stomp or, yeah, the Ravens will stomp in this game. Yep. Uh, I agree they're going to win, but I think this is going to be a gritty, low-scoring, no-touchdown type of game, and we're going to see a 9-3 to or 9-6 to victory uh, like the Titans actually got, I believe, a little while back. So I don't like anybody on that side of the ball. I'm not even really a huge fan of the Ravens' side of the ball, but certainly no one on the Titans. Sit Derrick Henry. Sit Deion Lewis. There's no tight end. 
but that's everybody. Are, are you uh, are you cutting Derrick Henry yet? I am not. No. But I am sitting him yep. this week. Hold now hope. And and somebody will probably cut him after this week, and then I might consider picking him up because I will have known that he was going to suck this week <laughs> and be okay with it. I, I'll give you a, a glimpse of the future. He's going to suck next week too. Ooh. <laughs> oh. And the week after that. I, oh. <laughs> He's, and he's just, the week he's, after that, he's just. <laughs> he's, we've talked about this before. He's he's just a little too one dimensional uh, for today's NFL, and you know he he looks like Zangief, and, and that's awesome. But uh, if you only can do really one thing, then you're going to get targeted, uh, and they'll figure out, and defenses will hone in on that. So, if you look like Zangief and you're not allowed to do your uh, spinning punch move or do any spinning pile drivers, yep. then you're. What are you doing for me? Couple pile drivers like NFL blitz style. That that would be awesome. Oh, oh, what a game! Yeah, that was my jam. Derrick Henry would be great in NFL blitz. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, yes. Have like three guys dragging off of you. Anyway, yep. let's uh, let's go ahead and move over to bets. Uh, tell me your cheating sit of the week. Yeah, I took a, a page out of the Okada playbook here and went with not necessarily a whole team which he's been known to do a couple of times. I'm going to go with an entire backfield, and that is actually both Eagles running backs. Um, we've already talked about the situation a bunch, so I won't really get into it a ton. Mike talked about it earlier in talking about the only game sample that we have without Jay Ajayi so far this year. It was pretty much, from a total touches standpoint and a production standpoint, almost a 50-50 split. Clement got a little bit more of the work coming up on a short week. Uh, Josh Adams is getting sprinkled in more, the rookie out of Notre Dame. I just don't know what to do with this backfield yet. And now you've got all these rumors of them trying to bring in someone else. I think that moving forward, this is going to be a situation that is a full-blown committee that one week it's going to be Smallwood who finds the end zone. The next week it's Clement. And you just won't really ever know who to start. Uh, I get it. There's bye weeks. I get it that people are desperate for running back help. So if you really need to, I can justify it if you have to. But I want to at least let the situation play out for a week or two before I am forced to start uh, one of these running backs. I think you underestimate the desperation of some <laughs> of some fantasy owners out there who have to flex a uh, a, a weak pickup uh, in order to uh, get some points on the board. But no, I understand. It's you got to see how things shake out there. And if they did trade for McCoy all of a sudden out of nowhere, that would just be a whole another wrench. Uh, thrown into that machine, so yeah, no, that's yeah. a good choice. Well, I mean, for this week, they're not they're not gonna bring. McCoy no, 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 of course not. On Thursday, but yep. Yeah, next week, maybe. All right, Mike, let's uh, swing it over to you. You can go ahead and give us a guy you're sitting down, or maybe a whole team, or maybe a division. Who knows? Yeah, the NFC South. I'm gonna <laughs> no Adrian Peterson. I'm gonna try and bench him if at all possible like the aforementioned Eagles running backs I'd rather play them over Adrian Peterson dealing with his separated shoulder and he's also going to be dealing with the Carolina Panthers who are amongst the toughest teams to get fantasy points at the running back position uh so I'm I'm avoiding Adrian if at all possible um I don't care about his second opinion because all opinions that I have of Peterson are to bench him for fantasy purposes this week. And I guess you could say, screw it. We're benching all of the Washington running backs. Why not? I'm joining into the party. There we go. There because we go. Chris Thompson is banged up, and I'm not going to play Capri Bibbs. So I'm just going to no, go. Gosh. I'll go glory play and say I am benching. 
the Washington running backs. Probably the whole. Th- Let's take it up a notch. I'm benching Washington. <laughs> there we hey, go. Now, now, now you're getting in the field of things. Washington has been yeah. benched. I don't want to play anyone on that team. Maybe Jordan Reed. So, but no, I got to I got to stick by stick with my my theme here. So I'm going to bench him just because just so I can bench the whole team. <laughs> what uh, what is in the water in Washington that they get injured so often? I mean, I feel like it's every year they got injury problems. It's it's fluoride, fluoride, lack of fluoride, oh. bad teeth, oh. bad, bad teeth, like one of those tooth injuries on the injury report. Yeah, Keenan Allen style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, the funny my- thing is, if you if you aren't aware of that situation, that's not a joke for listeners. That yep. actually happened. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll move on to my sit of the week. I'm going to be sitting down one specific player. It's going to be Kiki Kuti, and uh, yeah, I know I'm boring. Uh, but you know, I mean, frankly, he's popped up. He's he, out of nowhere seemingly for a lot of people. I mean, he was a pretty good prospect coming into the draft, but, uh, you know, he came back from that injury and he posted two weeks of more than double digit points in most formats. So I think people are going to be excited about him and want to throw him in the lineup. However, uh, from week four to five, his opportunity pretty much halved. Uh, He went from 15 targets to 7 and receptions from 11 down to 6. He did get a touchdown on the day, which kind of, uh, you know, bailed you out if you did happen to start him. But for this week against Buffalo, I just don't think it's going to be worth starting. Uh, Will Fuller was kind of, you know, limited last week. He got banged up. He has a hamstring injury. Hopefully he uh, comes back and things are sounding promising for him. We got Deshaun Watson also dealing with, uh, I I believe it's a chest injury. Um, I don't know if there was any specifics on that released yet, but uh, it, you know, no, if he's really. if he's limited and if he's not playing at full strength, he got he got hit hard in that game. Uh, if you happen to watch it, he got banged up a couple times trying to run the ball. They need to be more careful with Watson in the future on that. But uh, I, at the end of the day, I'm going to sit down Kiki. I think that uh, he'll probably be low volume this week. They they won't need to pass against the middling Bills and. If they do, it's going to be pretty much through Hopkins and maybe a couple to Fuller and then mostly the run game. So sit down, Mr. Cutie. He's not a cutie this week. What's funny, uh, Kent, is I, I disagree. Oh. I, I disagree. I think that, that Hopkins is going to struggle against Tredavious. Oh, and I think yeah. that the running backs are not going to be able to get anything done against the Buffalo front seven. And that Kiki, with those underneath routes... I, I think that he's in line for another eight-plus target game. Okay. Okay. I I thought about going there with the uh, with the Hopkins-Tredavious thing, but I Oh, I'm not going to bench. Feel- no, 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 no. I'm not going to. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Not, not okay. sitting Hopkins, but just that he is so good, I feel like it may not matter. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it, it, it may not matter. And the, the other thing, too, to touch on the backfield here, Lamar Miller definitely banged up and – he says he's going to play. We don't know. Last week he was active, but it was just an emergency situation. Um, Alfred Blue is going to be running the ball, and that's all you need to know because yeah. he's not good. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I don't expect this game to be truly uh, exciting in any fashion considering the injuries on, on the Houston side. And then uh, the the Bills are just the Bills, so they're they're not too fun to watch right now. But nice. Yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on over to Flex or next. 4002. Ah, 
Uh, Mr. Burgundy. Just doing my workout. Oh, it's a deep burn. All right, we got a couple names on the list here this week. We're gonna go back to the roots here. We're kind of gonna we're gonna go zero explanation on each of these guys. We're just gonna tell you real quickly if they are worth a flex this week, or if you're gonna say next and uh, put them on the bench. So up first, we have Doug Baldwin at Oakland. Let's start with uh, Okada. Flex. Bets. Flex. Matt. Uh, Mike. Next. Too many M names. All right. Uh, I, Ooh. That, that was wait, wait, wait. Did next? you say next? He did. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I, I'm going to say flex, and that's that's intriguing. So, uh, so, but I mean, like we're saying by flex, yeah, he's he's probably worth your flex. But I'm just, I am very concerned for what's going on with Doug Baldwin and the Seattle Seahawks. It, Schottenheimer is ruining everything yet again. Yeah. Uh, Doug Baldwin, I know he, he was on the field. He's just, he's not getting targets. Uh, he, he will, he, he will certainly have games of relevance. I just don't believe Doug Baldwin is going to emerge to what anything close to what we had hoped for, or what we have seen in recent history for Doug Baldwin. Yeah. This is just going to be another year where the second half of the year is uh, the Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson show, hopefully. Right, yeah, yeah. hopefully, but yeah. I'm concerned. Yep. All right, let's go on to Chris Hogan playing at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, Flex or next? Uh, Mike. Ooh. Next. Next nope, for me. All. all next all around. I am done with Hogan. Ugh, so done with Hogan. Anyway. Bye-bye. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Javorius Allen, also known as Buck Allen. He's playing at Tennessee. Flex or next, fellas? Uh, I think a, if I know the, the Baltimore offense like I think I do, I think there's going to be at least six uh, halfback dives from the one, so I will take the chance that he falls in the end zone. Flex. Yeah, he's a flex for me. Ah, uh, I got to say next. I don't trust it. I, You know how much I hate this game. Yeah, flex uh, just on uh, targets, I think, for me. So, Yep. Uh, let's go over to Quincy Anunwa playing. Uh, oh, this is recorded wrong. Who are the Jets playing this week? Yep, that that, Jets. that, that may or may not have been me. Uh, They're playing the Colts. Yeah, the, the Jets yep, are playing against the Colts. Is. So, Quincy Anunwa, flex or next? I'm concerned about what's how they're playing a noon one now with uh, the return of Jermaine curse. I think I'm still going to give him another week though. And also I'll say flex, but that's uh that's a very hesitant. If, if a new one doesn't show up again, then it's trouble. It's trouble. Mm-hmm. All right. Bets. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say next to, he's also dealing with the hand injury, which we don't really know what's going on with that. Um, so too many unknowns, and like Mike said, the, it's changing a lot for his role in the offense. So I'm going to go next. I think last week was a was a fluke. I'm going to say flex. If it doesn't pan out, like Mike said, my my mindset might change next week. But I'll flex him this week. Uh, he is a next for me. Robbie Anderson showing up uh, kind of helps decide that. So let's go on to Kenyon Drake. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Well, maybe not that mighty, Ooh. but. He's playing against the Bears, and we've already kind of talked about this, but let's uh, let's start with Okada. Uh, he tried to come back, but he will not. I hate Kenyon Drake. <laughs> you Whoa. all know this. Uh, I don't, so I don't angry. hate Kenyon. I don't hate Kenyon Drake, but I do hate Kenyon Drake on this team in this offense with this coach. So next, 
All right. Uh, if you were, yeah, if you're somehow lucky enough to not flex him, do it. But I feel like given the state of the running back position, you almost have to. So that's that's my answer. Agree. Next, if possible. Yeah, I agree. Next. Uh, and the last on the list here, we're going to talk about Peyton Barber playing at Atlanta. Mike? I think that decision might be made for you over the weekend. We'll see if he's actually active. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won't shock me if the Buccaneers decide to roll with just Ronald Jones and Jaquiz Rogers. Regardless of that, Peyton Barber can hit the waiver wire. I mean, it's yep. the experiment is done. He was given the opportunity. And they, the Buccaneers themselves, have said next. Ooh, yeah. All right, bets? <laughs> uh, yeah, next for me as well. Don't want any part of uh, Peyton Barber. Yeah, if all three running backs played, I would probably start Jaquiz Rogers over either of the other ones. So next for me, I hate Ronald Jones. And Peyton Barber. Why so mad? So angry. Boom, Cotta. Haters going to hate you. They're a mess. (laughs) They're ruining fantasy. Yeah, that that run game is uh, not so good. So that's a next for me as well. So, yeah. Let's move on to the mailbag. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail with you all day, okay? All right, we got a couple of questions in from Twitter. This first one comes from at K underscore Riggs 808. He is a uh, a uh, frequent frequent mailbag subscriber here. So he's asked a few questions so far this year. Uh, this one is, who would you rather have on your roster, Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber? This feels very relevant Jones. to what we just talked about. Uh, I know they both stink. Oh, he's angry too, but I need a kicker for this week. Uh, I would usually just drop my kicker for another kicker, but I have Lutz. So I think he wants to drop one of mm. these two guys. I would not recommend holding on to two kickers, but uh, let's just say he has to pick Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber. And it's Barber. Yeah, cut Barber. Agreed. Or, or the Barber will cut you. Oh! <laughs> That's why you guys brought a professional in for that line right there. Yeah, Boo, yeah. you can't get on my face. <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to do that. That was uh that was actually that's in line with what my normal jokes are, so I actually loved it. But uh, all right, so cut cut and Peyton Barber there. Let's move on to the second question from at General Vizzy. Uh this is a question about keeping well, this is okay, I'll just read it. I got Gronk and Reed, and I need running back help urgently. I have Saquon. Miller and carry on. Do you move Gronk for a borderline running back two or running back one and keep Reed or stick with Gronk? Mm, this is difficult for me. Uh, I, I would stick with Gronk unless you can get someone like Joe Mixon. I was going to say the same thing. I, I would also stick with Gronk in this situation. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Gronk, and there's one primary reason, which is that you're not going to get the proper value for Gronk right now. Whatever you can get for him running back-wise is going to be for what he's been playing at, and he's going to be playing at a much higher level than that, in my opinion, moving forward. So I think you're going to lose that trade in the long run. I think the uh, unfortunate truth here is that you should trade Reed before he gets injured again. Ooh, yeah, savage. I mean, I don't think Good he's call, gonna. Man. He's not gonna bring as as much value as Gronk would, obviously. But um, if you have two Dude, tight ends, if you right got now, no bones in your toes, you can't get hurt. <laughs> you can't break. <laughs> what no you bone don't have. bruise because there's no bones. <laughs> 
Now, Mike, that I can confirm. That is that is a fact. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the mailbag and thusly the show. Thank you, Mike, for joining us today. Hopefully, uh, this was a fun time for you. We had the pleasure of having you on the show. Obviously, good friends uh, of the uh, the show here. So, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. I can say this about my appearance. I was here. Oh, mm. that is true. That is a fact. It is recorded. Big facts. Yeah. No, uh, no, re- no. Uh, thanks uh, for uh, having me on, guys. Thank you. Also, Mike, can you shout out where we can find you and all your work? Just for oh, everybody. excellent. Yes, uh, the the Fantasy Footballers Podcast is everywhere that podcasts are available. The website is thefantasyfootballers.com. We are five times a week right now, so whatever your fantasy football fix is, we can fill it. Awesome. It's kind of weird. I stand by it. Uh, that was uh, quite the exit line you had there. Oh, but uh, yeah, the ball, gonna do? the ballers is awesome. Uh, listening to him for a few years now, had the pleasure of meeting uh, the three of you guys at the live show in Minneapolis. Really great guys. Um, glad Where to have I you on the show. stomped you on shuffleboard. Why do you, you know I don't want to talk about out? it. I don't want to talk about it, okay? It's, yeah, uh, that's what I thought. <laughs> uh, I'm really bad at shuffleboard, and I found that out that, <laughs> that the, the footballers are all good at trivial games. Is that fair to say? Ooh. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Maybe not trivial. Uh, what would you call Like bar table games. games. Yeah, bar games. There you go. That's a yes. better oh, word yeah. for it. Not, not right. to imply they're meaningless, but... Uh, Anyway, um, thanks again for coming on the show. Before we get out of here, just want to remind you that we have other podcasts on the TFA network. Go out and listen to the Dynasty Life with Travis May or the DFS Degen Nation show hosted by Kevin Steele. Uh, we would love to have you guys go reach out to them and give them a listen as well. Thank you for joining us on today's show. Uh, it was a really fun one. And once again, we are the Red Shirts. Here comes the, oh, here comes the, oh, here comes the, y'all don't really want it.